Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1. For this, our driver ratings for the Singapore Grand Prix. And it was a completely mental one. If you want to see my full recap of the race that came out yesterday on the channel, so make sure to check that out. But yes, it was a crazy one. And just looking at my uh, sheet of paper here, I've written down all my scores I've given out. And it's a real mix. And there are a few tens in here. But there's also some uh, lower scores as well. So it's really a win it or bin it situation across the whole board. So let's get started, as we always do, with the Williams team. Firstly, Logan Sargent. Now, Logan, he qualified 18th place uh, and he finished 14th place. So overall, a relatively good one for Logan. Not fantastic, but okay. What we come to expect from Logan, really. Um, I don't know what I'm going to give him here. Obviously, he benefited from some guys DNFing further up the grid, but, you know, so did most people. So I'm going to give him a 5, because I think that's just an average performance for Logan there in a time where he needs a better than average performance in order to save his seat. Moving on, though, to Alex Albon. He qualified 14th first race in 11th. He would have been a lot higher, but Sergio Perez went for that ridiculous move near the end, completely ruined his race for him. He should have been about 8th place, I think, but instead had to settle for 11th. Some very valuable points thrown away there, and not his fault at all. All on Perez for me, that one. Uh, I've given Albon an 8, though, because you know if he'd had that finishing position, he would have got an 8, and you know there was nothing he could do there. Uh, Phil really sorry for him, actually. There's not much he could do. Uh, across to Alpha Tauri now, the team where we're going to talk. We're going to talk about them a lot coming up this weekend, I think, because if rumours are, are to be, be believed, the people behind the scenes have made some silly decisions. Anyway, Liam Lawson. Wow! 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 And another wow, actually. He can have another wow. Um, so so far in Liam Lawson's career, his F1 career, the previous two races he's done. I've given him a 10 out of 10 in both of them, because I thought he was fantastic in both. Here he comes to Singapore, a track he's never driven at, the hardest race of the year, a track where drivers prepare themselves all year just to survive this race. He's had a few weeks' notice. He comes out, he puts it into Q3 for the first time, and not only does he score points, he secures AlphaTauri's highest finishing position of the year. He is incredible. So impressive. So good. Qualified 10th. Finished 9th. Is now beating Ricardo, De Vries and Sargent in the championship. And is one point off Yuki Tsunoda. And he's going into a, the, the Japanese Grand Prix. A track he's actually driven before. Which should be interesting to see. Liam Lawson is the man. He's got another 10 out of 10 from me. Fantastic work. He is incredible. So far, a perfect score three races in. I don't think... I said, did, he, did Max even get a perfect score? No, he didn't. If you look at the first three races, that when I was giving driver ratings, Max got a 10 for the first race, a 10 for the second race, and a 7 for the third race. Has anyone ever got a free 10s in a row? Yes, I've given Max free 10s in a row before. But, yeah, this is very rare ground that Liam Lawson's on. Uh, you know, he's doing fantastic, and I really, really hope that if he's not going to be in the Alpha Tauri next year, I hope he's in the Williams, because 
He's fantastic and he deserves it. And if we're talking about F1 being the place where all the best drivers in the world compete, Liam Lawson needs to be in that conversation. Uh, his teammate, though, had a harder weekend. Qualified 15th. Interesting qualifying for him. Top of the timesheets in Q1. Got blocked by Verstappen in Q2 and didn't actually set a time. Then into the race, uh, hit by Perez at the start. Ends his race straight away, doesn't even do half a lap. I mean, there's not much I can go on. Normally, I would give him a 5 if there's nothing they can really do. But I think he showed that he did have some pace with that Q1 lap, so I've given him a 6. That's all I can really do. There's not much else to go on. I think he could have been relatively competitive. I think he could have been very impressive in qualifying. His home race next weekend. So let's see what he can do. Come back from this a lot stronger. Across the Haas now. Nico Hulkenberg. He qualified ninth. Fantastic qualifying again for Hulk. And he finished the race in 13th. Kind of let out to dry a little bit when the virtual safety car came out. If you listen to the video that F1 put out where they do all the end of race uh, radios for every driver, uh, his uh, end of race radio is basically his engineer apologising him to him that they didn't listen to him and they got it wrong so he could have finished a lot higher he had a very good race i've given him an eight out of ten i thought the hasses were very good i thought they'd really struggle with the heat but they managed it really well did a great job and across to kevin magnuson or as i call him the king of singapore fantastic qualifying for him a sixth place in qualifying and then he finished the race in 10th to bring home a point for the Haas team I'll give him a 9 and I think that might you might think that's a bit harsh Haas scoring points but I looked back at some of my other scores that I've given him and I think it's in line because I think he's had he's definitely had better races than this I think Miami for him was fantastic um so yeah I think a 9 is pretty fair for Magnuson there great drive for him Across to Aston Martin now, and Lance Stroll qualified 20th and had an awful crash that put him out of the race on Sunday. So I'm, I'm not going to score him at all. I'm not going to give him a racing because he didn't compete. Uh, hopefully he is feeling better, and we'll see him back in the car in Japan. But across to his teammate, he didn't have a great weekend either, really. Qualified 7th, finished the race in 15th, uh, had a really slow pit stop towards the end of the race, then he just completely fell off. It's come out today that maybe he had some suspension damage or something. Uh, he got uh, some debris off of Yuki's car, apparently, at the start of the race, caused some suspension damage, and that kind of put him out of whack for the whole race. And when he was saying that the car was undrivable, that's what that was in reference to. So, not this is his first time out of the points all year. His first time complaining about the Aston all year. I've, I'm going to give him a five, because... Even though he did have a bit of damage, I still think it wasn't a great drive. There was a lot of people that he could have possibly beaten, and yeah, he was the last of the finishing cars and really did not look great. So 5 out of 10 for Alonso, his worst race of the year so far. Uh, Alfa Romeo now, Zhou Guan Yu, he qualified 19th, started from the pit lane and finished in 12th. Fantastic drive for Zhou, and once again, because it's an Alfa Romeo, Alfa Romeo it goes very much under the radar and is not shown on television, because you can't show the Alfa Romeos on television, that's against the rules. So I gave him an 8 out of 10, because that was a fantastic performance, I think, fighting through all that to come back for 8th. As well, he was one of the guys who started on the hard tyres, and then the safety car, when that came out, if you're on the hard tyres, completely screwed you. And I think he pitted under safety. He pitted on like the second lap or something. He went, they're going for a really quite out there strategy that we didn't get to see fully paid off because of safety cars and virtual safety cars. So I think the race was very much against uh, Joe this weekend. But he came through. 12th place, great result for him. 8th. Um, 
uh, eight points there for Joe. Uh, Bottas, on the other hand, he qualified 16th and he didn't finish the race. In a very similar way to Ocon in, in Monza, he didn't finish the race and no one realised till afterwards that he didn't finish the race. Um, I don't know. What, I don't really know what happened here, and obviously I don't really know what happened to Bottas in the entire race because, as I said, Alfa Romeo don't get shown on television. So I'm just going to give him a five. If you feel he should get higher than that or lower than that, let me know. But yeah, a five for Bottas. Cross to McLaren now, and another great weekend for McLaren. Now, Oscar Piastri did not have a great Saturday, uh, qualifying 17th place, and of course he did not have the brand new fancy upgrades uh, that uh, Lando Norris did. Also, he wasn't able to set a second time lap in qualifying due to Lance Stroll's crash, so very unlucky there. But fantastic job to come back to 7th place, gaining 10 positions through the race in a race which is very difficult to overtake in, very difficult just in general. Had to deal with virtual safety cars, safety cars, all that kind of stuff. Um, Oscar Piastri yet again showing why he deserves to be in that McLaren, why he's one of the best young drivers around today. Fantastic stuff. I'm giving him a 10. I can't wait to see what he does in Japan when he's given these new McLaren upgrades. I think... I don't think he's on the level of Norris, but I think it won't be long until he is. I think maybe next this time next year, those two head-to-head in McLaren, I think it's going to be really spicy. I'm really looking forward to it. Lando Norris, though, let's talk about him. He qualified fourth, finished the race in second. It's another 10. A 10 for Lando Norris. Fantastic work yet again. Helped out by Carlos Sainz towards the end of the race, but I'm not going to hold that against him because I thought he ran, a, he ran a perfect race throughout the entire thing. Kept his head. He got a bit lucky towards the end because he tapped the wall too, but he got away with it. And yes, yeah, great job. 10 out of 10. Alpine. Pierre Gasly has the most underrated drive of the entire weekend here. Qualified 12th, finished the race in 6th. If you take away the podiums that Alpine have had, the two third places for each driver, this is then the highest, this is the second highest, uh, we don't need to take it, yeah. Let's start again. Apart from the podiums, this is the highest finishing position an Alpine's had all year. Fantastic work yet again from Pierre Gasly. He's having another very underrated year, I think. I remember at the start of the year, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be the biggest flop this year. He's been protected by Red Bull. He's going to go to Alpine. Ocon's going to show him up. But I don't think he is. I think Gasly's standing on his own two feet here. You know, he's walked into what is realistically Ocon's team. And he's, you know, he's taken it to him. He's done a great job. He should be really happy with himself here. Great result. And I think, you know, going forward... Alpine might be the Gasly team because he's doing a great job. 10 out of 10, Pierre Gasly. Speaking of Ocon, though, uh, he qualified 8th and the race was on his birthday. It was not a happy birthday for him. Gearbox issue made him DNF. He was in a good position, though, uh, before he didn't finish the race. Uh, so I've given him a 6 out of 10. He did have a good weekend. Um, maybe I think he could have possibly beaten his teammate, but Gasly was relatively quick towards the end, so that could have been an interesting one. Yeah, 6 out of 10, nothing he could do about the DNF. And apart from that, he did run a pretty good race. It's a shame to see, but I'm sure he'll be bouncing back in Japan. Right, it's time to talk about Mercedes, who had a very mixed weekend. Uh, Extreme highs and extreme lows. Now, I thought, let's... uh, You know, the elephant in the room about Mercedes' results this weekend, the old George Russell into the wall, Let's take that and put that elephant right in the corner and not talk about it for a bit, and then we'll come back to it. Because Let's ignore that. 
Apart from that, Mercedes had a fantastic weekend. This was like looking at a Mercedes of old for me, really. I thought their strategy calls were proactive rather than reactive, which they haven't been all year. All year they've kind of been reacting to what everyone else does. This weekend they saw the situation and made the call themselves and it was the right call. They looked intimidating, they looked quick, they looked really good. But it all went wrong at the end. So George Russell qualifies in second place. Great qualifying from him. Really good stuff. Because I think the Ferrari was faster than the Mercedes this weekend. And he managed to beat Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc, who is exceptional in qualifying. So great result from George there to qualify in second. He loses second place off the start uh, because Charles was on the softer tyre. So I don't blame him too much for that. He managed the race really well. He was behind Carlos and he was intimidating pretty well. Very good stuff there. They made the strategy call towards the end, changed for the tyres, those medium tyres that they've been saving up. Once again, the right call. Then you have George and Lewis chasing down uh, Carlos and Lando. Now, there's been a lot of discussion about this online, and I discussed it a little bit in my recap, but now I've had a bit more time to think about it and look at the facts, and I think... It's a really interesting one because in there's no doubt in my mind that I think Lewis was faster than George at that point in the race. And I think if it had been Lewis in front of George, Lewis probably would have won the race. But it was the other way around. And I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Mercedes should have made the call to swap the two round and they should have told George to get out of the way. And I think that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my entire life. When you have two drivers like that, who are supposedly equal in the Mercedes team, which they are, and I don't think either one gets preferential treatment over the other, you can't, in the dying laps of the race, tell them to swap like that when a win's on the cards. I think that is wrong. That being said, I think George Russell really showed himself up. I think what he did there with that silly mistake on the last lap, that's what separates a driver from being a good driver and being a great driver. That's what separates a driver from being a guy who wins occasionally to a guy who wins world championships. That's the difference between a 9 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10. What he did there, at that point when he crashed, the win was off. Because he didn't get past Norris quick enough. He had an opportunity to pass Norris. He didn't really take it well enough. If he got past Norris, he would have got past Sainz easy. Because he would have had DRS. It would have been done. The win would have been in the bag. So I think at that point, the win's off the table. But you 100% have that podium. That's yours. You're bringing home that podium. And he throws it away. And that's just not acceptable in a team like Mercedes. Now... What I see is a lot of people going, oh, Mercedes should drop him. That's not fair. That's not true. I think George will learn from this. I think George will grow from this. I think he'll get better. But as he is right now, he's not the guy. It doesn't mean he can't become the guy. But as he is right now, he's not the guy. And I think the whole plan of George when he was signed to come on in 22 
was I think the initial thought was that Lewis would retire this year and George would be the head, the face of Mercedes. And right now, he's not ready for that. So it's a very good thing that Lewis isn't retiring because George is not ready to be the number one guy. George could not take on a Max Verstappen. Not at all. In a championship battle, Russell versus Verstappen, Russell would just crumble at this point. And that was shown here. A bit of pressure on him. He had to make the move in front of him. Also had a lot of pressure from behind him. His head was gone. He was in the wall. So, for me, despite everything that he did right in this race, what he did there at the end, throwing away everything, I've given him a 2 out of 10. And I think that it is harsh, but I also think it's value. It's... Yeah, I think it's granted because... You had a podium. It was there for you to take. And you threw it away. I gave him a two because he outqualified his teammate, did a great job in qualifying. That's one point. And I think he was faster than Lewis for 99% of the race. That's another point. Otherwise, yeah, really not good from George. And I, you know, I'm not the biggest George fan in the world, but I hope that he is all right because you could tell that this one messed him up a little bit. And it's the kind of crash and it's the kind of incident that might shake your confidence a little bit. But then again, that is the difference again between a driver who's good and a driver who's great. A driver who is good will have some of that shaky confidence and not be able to get it back, whereas a driver who's great will be able to bounce back from this. And this is a testing time for Russell, and we'll see how it comes from him here because, uh, yeah, this is a big opportunity for him here, and I think he messed it up. Anyway, on to his teammate Lewis Hamilton. Qualified fifth, finished the race in third. Uh, yeah, great race from Lewis. As I said, he was the faster of the two Mercedes at the end of the race. I've given him a nine. Uh, the reason I didn't give him a ten was just because I do think George was faster for 99% of the race. That's enough on Mercedes. Let's talk about Ferrari. Viva la Ferrari! Grazie, regrazi. Ferrari are back, baby. Fantastic stuff. I've seen this, the photos on social media this morning. The flags they put up when they have a race win. They've got the one there for Le Mans. They've got the other one here for the Singapore Grand Prix. Fantastic stuff. Of course, from Carlos Sainz. The smooth operator. The smoothest of operations from him. Pole win 10 out of 10. You know what? Since we've come back from this uh, summer break, Dutch Grand Prix, Italian Grand Prix, Singapore Grand Prix... Science has been absolutely incredible. I don't know what he's done over the summer break, but whatever it is, keep on doing it because he is fantastic. Uh, a friend of mine before was a friend of mine a few weeks ago said to me that they thought Carlos Science was better than Charles Leclerc, and I said that's ridiculous. That's just no, that's not true. Now, I'm not so sure. If we look at just the scores I've given him. 9 in the Netherlands, 10 in Monza, and a 10 here in Singapore. The only person who's got better is Max, who I gave a 10 in the Netherlands and a 10 in Monza. We'll see what he gets later. But yeah, uh, Carl Sainz has been pretty much on the same quality as Max Verstappen since we come back from the summer break. Fantastic stuff. I'm so happy for him because we saw last year how his confidence was shook up a little bit. Lots of lap one incidents for him, especially at the start of the year. He's come back from that. He's grown from that. He's really understanding the car. 
I'm so happy for him. He's doing a great job, and I hope he continues throughout the rest of the year and into 2024. Fantastic stuff. 10 out of 10 for uh, Carlos Sainz. Charles Leclerc, though, qualifies third, finished the race in fourth. I did give him an eight because I think he did do a good job because I think Ferrari basically sacrificed him. They went, we need to win this race. We need to be the guys who beat Red Bull for the first time this year. And in order to do that, we need to prioritise one car. And we're going to prioritise the car that's in the lead, and that's Carlos Sainz. Uh, Charles Leclerc did his job perfectly, though, as that second driver. Although I, I imagine he would hate being called the second driver. And Max did nearly get him towards the end as well. But 8 out of 10, great job from both Ferrari lads there. Good to see Ferrari being back. I said at the start of the year that I thought Frederick Vasseur was the right guy to lead Ferrari. I hope he proves him right because I think he did a great job on the strategy here in this race. Right, <clears throat> Red Bull. Finally, Red Bull. Uh, Sergio Perez qualifies 13th, finished the race in 8th. The Red Bull really not working well this weekend. I don't know what it is, because Christian Horner said all the parts in that car are all the parts that have been on the car for the last two races. Nothing's changed. Yes, something about Singapore was not agreeing with this car. I don't know what it was. I think overall, though, Sergio had a good recovery drive, but I do have to knock him a few points because of the incident with Yuki, uh, which I do honestly believe was more of a racing incident than anything else. I think Yuki was just very unlucky with the damage that he got. Um, but the incident with Albon, I think, is unacceptable, and there's no, uh, you know, you can't say anything else about that. It's just a stupid move from Sergio then there's not much else to say I gave him a 6 out of 10 overall just because he made a good recovery but he was doing a bit of a terrorism tour there was Sergio Perez towards the end not really great but still some solid points and uh, I think he's still P2 in the championship so all good uh, hopefully they'll be hoping that Red Bull can bounce back in Japan and finally Max Verstappen qualifies 11th, finished the race in 5th. Uh, how far off the back was he of Charles Leclerc as he crossed the line? 0.2 of a second. So, 0.2 of a second off of uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, this goes for both Red Bull guys, but like every safety car and every virtual safety car went completely against the strategy that they were they were going for. They got killed on those hard tyres. They were on them about 40 laps Everyone was faster than them. They were just getting eaten up in the straights. It looked like absolute hell. Yeah, safety car was the worst time possible for them. You know, if the safety car and virtual safety car had gone the right way, I think Max Verstappen could have won this race. He really had the pace, I think, overall. And that strategy, I think, could have worked if it wasn't for the safety cars. But I think overall, a, still a great result from Max. A P5 from P11 in that car, which looked like it was on ice at some times, might be controversial, but I'll give him another 10 out of 10. I put this up there with most of his wins this year. I think it's that good a drive. It's I don't think there's any other driver who could have taken that car to a P5 from P11 today with the circumstances surrounding the strategy and uh, all the incidents that went on on the track. Great result from him yet again. There you go. There are our driver ratings. I've given out one, two, three, four, five, six tens. I've given out this weekend. So uh, the drivers with tens were Liam Lawson, Oscar Piastri, Lionel Norris, Pierre Gasly, Carlos Sainz, Max Verstappen. My driver of the day is either Carlos Sainz or Liam Lawson. You can decide between yourselves who deserves that more. And the lowest scoring driver was George Russell with a two. There you go. So, 
make sure you subscribe because we'll be back this weekend for all things Japanese Grand Prix. We'll have the preview on Friday, qualifying reactions on Saturday, and the race reactions on Sunday. Then we got a week off. So there'll be a video out on the Friday of the week off. Uh, I'm not sure what on yet. So subscribe for that. And if there's any news, I'll be up here on the Saturday of that week to cover it all. Until then, though, have a great week. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>